I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. (laughs) This is... Mike. And today we are talking with Denise Duffield Thomas, who I have yet to meet in person, but I am quite sure that if we were neighbors and lived in the same place, we would be buddies. I love in this interview, so she's a money mindset expert for the new wave of online female entrepreneurs, and she has best-selling books, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch. And she is also working on her third book, which will be out with Hay House in 2019. And she helps women release their fear of money, set premium prices for their services, and take back control over their finances. She's a speaker, author, and entrepreneur who helps women transform their economy-class money mindset into a first-class life. Yeah, and she's Australian, right? Yes. Yes. And she's Australian. She has two little ones, a third on the way, which we talked about parenting. We talked about her somewhat insanely busy life. And she also runs her company with her husband, Mark. So we talked about that and some of the challenges that have come about with that. We talked about getting help as a parent and an entrepreneur. And we definitely talked about money mindset and how we can expand our money mindset. And that's something that Obviously, I've been working on myself and teaching about since my early 20s, so we had a lot to jam on. One of the things I love the most about Denise is how honest she is. She just like <laughs> she's really honest and tells you exactly what she thinks and exactly what's going on. She's not for somebody who has like a very impressive multiple seven-figure business with, you know, all the books and the speaking and everything and the courses, she is not fronting like she is not putting on a front at all and i so appreciate the authenticity correct yeah i don't really have anything else to add because you covered i think everything that we talked about in the podcast okay great it was a good interview it was a good interview uh it was a great interview actually i really enjoyed the conversation quite a bit i could have talked to her for hours and denise does have a free workshop for um female entrepreneurs right now about releasing money blocks and you can go to katenorthrop.com forward slash denise to learn more enjoy the show hello and welcome to the kate and mike show this is kate this is mike and we are so excited to be here with you denise thanks for being here thanks so much i was just saying i should have got mark on as well we could have had a four-way but that might have been a bit too crazy (laughs) Have we had, we have actually had other couples on just one time. We had Peter and Brianna Borton on. Yeah, only once. Because Denise also works with her husband running her company, which is a unique scenario. I don't know if it's been as long as you guys. Ours has been about a year and a half. We've been officially since 2013, so five years, but unofficially kind of from day one. Really 2012. 2012, yeah. Yeah. So what's been like the biggest learning that you've had over the last year since working together? The biggest growth, you know, kind of like spot of growth. Okay. The biggest thing for me is that I am the golden goose and I have to be protected 
and my energy has to be protected because Mark has unlimited capacity for work, which is tricky, right? So at the start of last year, we sat down and we looked at all the projects we wanted to do in a year and we're both very overambitious and very unrealistic. So we, we've Great learned that we need, yes. And we're really like, we're just optimistic people, right? So we think we can get all this stuff done and we can, but it came at a pretty big cost last year. We really kind of got to the edge of burnout and to the edge of our friendship, let alone our marriage. So I think going forward, we almost need like a third party to step in and go, that's really unrealistic guys. That's not going to happen because we just, we thought it was okay. We looked at the calendar and we're like, we've got some time booked off and we've got this, but we didn't realize that each project we put in, it's longer than just the launch. (laughs) It's longer than just the delivery period. So that was the biggest thing is that we need lots of, we need to have a reality check on what we can achieve. And I am the golden goose. So one thing we forgot about is, how much energy it takes to hold space for people. That was invisible work in our plan. That was just like, oh, and Denise is going to deliver, you know, a program for a couple of thousand people. No big deal. And I was just done. Like at the end of the year, I was like, ugh, like we're killing the golden goose here. Hmm. So that was a big learning. That's huge. Invisible. It is. That's a big... It's, yeah, it's the energetic drain. It's not so much the deliverables, though those can be exhausting as well, but that energetic drain that you talked about, that's really important. How did you know what to give up? Like, or if you've even given up anything, like, because, you know, you guys have been working together for about a year and a half now. Just like, how did you know what Mark could take on? Yeah, that's a great question. So the problem I think was that, Mark did product launch formula and so he wanted to do everything by the book. So I was like, I think we should do it like this. And he goes, but Jeff Walker says it should be done like this. So one thing we had to give up was doing things, I guess, kind of perfectly or in a way or doing all the things. So this year we did a launch in January and I said, I'm not doing Facebook lives. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing all the things we have to pick and choose. And that was really hard for Mark because he likes to do things by the book. So he had to give up that a little bit as well. And just realizing that people don't buy from me because I'm perfect at anything. That was hard for him to give up too. It was just like, Oh, he got it at the end of the year. He goes, Oh, I think I get it now. People like you and your energy and they're buying you. They're not buying like a perfect system or a perfect program. I was like, yeah, no, duh. But it, um, <laughs> giving up the perfection was hard, right? Because I feel like I kind of got that. Like I've been around in business for a long time. I'm like, I know it works if you kind of half-ass it, if you have, you know, heart and intention behind it. But for him, that was really hard to give up. So can you talk to us about that launch and what that was like for you doing a launch and not doing all the things? And how did you You decide which things you wanted to do and which things you didn't want to do? Okay. The the truth is I kind of went, last year was really tough. So this year it's my way or the highway. And I basically said that this is all they have the capacity to do. You know, like I'm- Well, and also being pregnant, hello. 
yeah, being pregnant, having two books to market with Hay House, which we'll talk about, a new book to write, as well as, you know, marketing. And I just sort of went, why don't we just try it and see? You know, so it's either we do it a light Denise way or we don't do it at all. So you choose which one because they're the only two options. And you know what we did? I think we did the same, if not like 10% better than the successful launch we did last year. Because I was like, no affiliates, no competitions, no this, no Facebook lives, no blog, no interaction with me. And it was just like, it still worked. So cool. (laughs) I love hearing that so much. Yes. And I felt vindicated a lot. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think that we have all been programmed so much to believe that in order to be successful, you have to push harder and you have to work harder and you have to put in more hours and do more things. And I just love it when people like you are proving the opposite because that's totally our thing is like, do less, have more and to get better results or at least the same results by just like setting really clear boundaries. To me, I think that sets a very clear tone with the universe in a way. Like it's a very strong container because you are claiming your worth. Yes, exactly. And you know, the numbers, the numbers work out like that. And I'm happy to share income numbers. So in 2017, we made a million dollars extra revenue. So that meant we did revenues of about 3.4 million Australian, which is about say 3 million, call it 3 million mm-hmm. American. But we only made an extra 300,000 profit. So when I looked at that, I was like, I didn't look at the million extra. I was looking at the 300 extra going, there might've been an easier way to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there was diminishing returns for the amount of work. And like, it wasn't just double the amount of my work. It was double the amount of like two people working full time. And like, we had to do things like work on evenings and weekends, which I hadn't done for ages. And so it was really, it was really hard because that is for Mark. He was like, well, if we want to double our results, we have to work twice as hard. And I was like, it's not the case, but he had to go through it to believe that. You do have to have the experience of because like last year, for example, we had a big launch where we just decided to literally rinse and repeat, like, and just mm-hmm. sort of update the emails so that they were not, you know, they weren't saying something that was just like not accurate. <laughs> and we, we made more sales from rerunning the yeah. exact same, like we didn't do anything extra. It was crazy. And that I felt a cellular shift. Of yes. The in do less. Okay. But I think you're totally right. You got to try it both ways and then prove it to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because not only did we try and reinvent so much stuff last year, each of my programs, I was like, let's rebrand them this year. So, and you know what that entails, right? It's new videos, new PDFs, new membership sites, new emails, new links everywhere. And we did that with two brand new programs. And it was crazy making, not just for us, but for our team. And I was like, I don't want to do that with our team either. I don't want to create chaos in anyone's life, let alone ours. So I think the fact that we are pregnant again, it kind of forced our hand a little bit because we got pregnant quicker than we thought, which like same thing happened. I don't know what I thought was going to be different, but (laughs) I was like, oh, we've got so much time, you know, we've got till maybe September, October. And then we got pregnant straight away. So I was like, oh, that's moved up to June. So I was like, oh, 
what it like, cause we had a big first half of the year planned as well. We almost did the exact same thing and like, it's a painful lesson to learn. I don't know if we fully 100% learned it to be honest, but so much more than last year. That's, I mean, mm. and that's all we can ask for, right? Yeah. <laughs> doing better than the year before. And how did yeah. you know the time was right? Cause you, so just so I understand, when did you start this business? So I've been in the personal development world for a, a long time, part-time. Oh, so okay. I started, yeah, I started, you know, I, I wrote my first ebook in 2004, wow. but I've, yeah, it was on internet dating for men. Which That's is so awesome. random. I know. So I've I've gone through so many different versions of my business, and I've had I had a weight loss for brides business in like 2009. I started this business full time in 2011, and Mark was working for a football company, like a soccer company, and you know it was always the dream for us to not necessarily work together, but for him not to work in a job, and so I worked full time in the business and, until. 2006 is when Mark kind of quit his job and, and joined me. In 2016? Yes. So I, I started full-time 2011 on That's, this okay. business. Like, ig- he yeah, ignore, ignore the dating business, the bride's yeah, business, right. yeah, yeah, the blah, blah, yeah. <laughs> the, all those practice ones. Yes, the practice <laughs> ones, which of course do contribute to, you know, to your success with this one. But how, so what are your two, can you talk to us about what your two roles are and then also what your team looks like? Oh yeah. Great question. At the beginning, there was a bit of a power struggle. I don't know if it was the same for you guys. It was like, who's CEO? Who's the boss? Who's in charge? It's much clearer now because Mark really works great on specific projects. So he takes care of our affiliates now, like both sides. So affiliates who promote for us and when we promote for other people's programs. And he loves that because it's like, you know, you might promote someone's program. It might be a month project from start to finish. So he takes care of all that. He runs everything by me. So he, you know, I'll have to approve copy or approve images or whatever, but that's really chunky. And it's very profitable for us too, both sides of the affiliate program. And then he also is really the master of our launches now. So he masterminds those with our team. He manages them as well. And so I am now in that, I am the talent. So it's like, here's the video we need. Here's the audio we need. Can you approve this? And I still have approval over everything, but I'm not running that day to day. So there's me and him, we work both work full time. We have a very lean team other than that. And I've always deliberately kept a lean team. So we have a OBM slash project manager slash jack of all trades for 30 hours a week. And we have an, a customer service girl who's about 20 hours a week. And then everyone else is a contractor. So yep. we bring in like a Facebook person, a video person, you know, a website person when we need them, copywriters, all that kind of stuff. But we've always kept it a very small team. Wow. So you have, do you have like, you know, so let's say when you need graphics made, do you always work with like the same freelancer or yeah so you have somebody who just like you go to all the time but they're not you know paid on salary or something no like I have a graphic designer slash website developer who's on retainer but also my Amber who is my right hand gal her husband does a bit of that too so he does a bit of video editing graphics if we need it which is really great and that's been fine just between those the two of them we tend to like design stuff 
you know, as I said, we redesigned the whole program, <laughs> whole bootcamp program. So there's often a lot of last minute type things that we need. But apart from that, like we do just try and keep a lot of stuff in-house. And I've always deliberately done that because when I was in a corporate job, I hated managing people. It was always the worst part of it. And I just like to keep it very flexible. And I mean, even with Amber, like I don't even speak to her every week anymore. You know, like everyone just knows what they want to do. I live in Australia. Everyone else is all over the place. We're all kind of introverts that don't like to talk <laughs> to each other. <laughs> and everyone just knows what they've got to do and gets on with it. I love it. Hmm. So it's just so cool to find out how other people run their companies, you know? So, okay. So you, so how old are your two kids? So Willow is four and George is almost two. Okay. So they're little. They're little. And, and this, and this one, they'll be like, yes. Yeah, so they're, they're all like two years apart okay. and we kind of deliberately like kind of batched them in a way. Like we could have definitely had them closer together, but I didn't want to stretch it out for too long. Cause I really find the day-to-day stuff of young kids like really tedious <laughs> and I'm just like oh let's batch the pain of the sleeping and the <laughs> toilet training and all that kind of stuff and I have a ton of help by the way but I'm still just it's just not my preferred natural this is a, role. It's a great parenting class if you ever want to move into a new role just call it batch the pain and that'll be the batch new, the pain that's the new you program. know <laughs> yeah exactly birthing class called birthing from within and they talked about that when you go into labor, you go into the labyrinth and you just, you're just kind of like lost in the labyrinth and you don't come out basically until your kid is toilet trained, is potty trained. And then usually by that time, a lot of people are having their second kid. So you just go back into the labyrinth. And I am- Which means I, you kind of don't leave for- Which is the same thing as batch the pain. Like it's yeah. just very much like, you know, you're just in there. So like, let's just don't take a, don't come above the surface. Just like stay in there. <laughs> well, this is what I think of like, when I think of people getting dogs, right? I'm like, if you can have one, you may as well have like six. You know, your house is going to be covered in crap, literally. So it's kind of like, you've got no life anyway. But I do just want to really quickly tell you like my first birth story because it really sums up the kind of mom I am, right? It was B-School affiliate time. Oh my gosh. I was partnering with Laura Roda. We had an interview booked with Marie Folio and I was really kind of nervous about it. I was like nine months pregnant. And... I set my alarm because the interview was at 7.30 on a Saturday morning and at 11 o'clock the night before my water broke. And I said to Mark, oh my God, my water just broke. And he goes, oh my God, we're having a baby. And I was like, no, I've got a call in the morning with Marie Folio. And he was like, I really don't think that's going to happen. And I was like, no, let's just quickly email Laura and tell her, don't, I've just gone into labor, but don't worry, I'll be there on the call. And because I think it was just (laughs) completely insane. (laughs) It's so insane. But it, and I had the baby at 6.30 and I was like, I wonder what the Wi-Fi is like in this hotel. Maybe I could just quickly like clean up. It was insane. But for me, it was like my business was real at that stage, but the baby was very theoretical. Like I was pregnant, but I didn't get that I was having a baby. Mm-hmm. Did you feel differently? And you think the product launch formula was the problem of doing too much? <laughs> Not I know. <laughs> I know. That's why Mark and I, we're really good, but we're also, we trigger each other because we both can slip into that workaholism so easily. 
We have to really watch it. But it's good to know about yourself, right? Yeah. That's like that's the, that's yeah. the, to know that that's going to be your default. So then always to be kind of like, okay, are we doing too much? So I'm well, for George, we bought a house like on the day that I went into labor. <laughs> so it's like, we didn't need to move at that time, but it's the and same kind of move right kind of thing. when he was a newborn. Yes. He was a couple of weeks old and I had food poisoning. And I remember the oh. removalist came to like take the bed and I just lay on the floor on a quilt breastfeeding George. And then like every half an hour I'd give him to someone so I could go throw up. But like, we didn't need to sell and buy a house at that time. I don't know why we did it. And this time, as I mentioned, we're like writing a book. We're actually also building a house right now, oh, wow. which won't be ready for like a year and a half. But I'm like, why do you have to do all the things when you're pregnant? But that's kind of life as well. Like it's kind of also the stage of life and business that we're at where there are a lot of opportunities and there are a lot of things to do. It's just really hard to know what is important and what is not. What can like, Oh, let's just park this for a year or two. We're not the park it kind of people. We're just like, let's just do everything. When I found out I was pregnant with this baby, I was on a five-week tour to the US. And it was like, oh, we're, okay, that did happen quicker than we thought. This is really dumb to be in your first trimester on a tour. We didn't need to do a five-week tour either. I was supposed to go for one event. That's just the kind of people we are. We're like, well, if we're going for like one event, we may as well do. You might as well. I mean, it is a long trip. The whole family? Bring the whole family? The whole family. It was like, so not fun. Did you bring anybody to help you with your kids? (laughs) We brought my mom, but my mom is not a hands-on parent. And that's Uh the thing we learned. We were like, next time, let's just take our nanny. Because she would actually like help us <laughs> um, <laughs> on her own vacation she was like I'm out. yeah she did she was she came for the first week and the last week and the middle she went on a 11 day bus tour to like vegas <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that's so awesome oh my god yeah i mean there's all different <laughs> kinds of grandmothers you know like <laughs> yes there is and she's not she's like very hands-off like way more than even me I'm aware that as I'm talking it makes us sound like Mark and I are these crazy Taipei kind of parents and we are but we're also really mindful trying not to be and I think we're just in this constant struggle of like let's do all the things but day to day like life is pretty chilled it's just that we really overestimate what we can achieve in a year yeah which is a very com- like I feel like that's Super the common. plight of entrepreneurs right? Like we're ambitious and we have big appetites. And it's just like, let's, we hired a president of our company this year. And that's been really great. I'm just sharing this as a total aside, because I feel like I will always have an idea to do something else. And between Mike and Licia, like they just look at me and they're like, yeah, no, we're not. We're not. We're not doing that. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so like, it's been good. Cause I'm just, I'm tempered. Yes. Or, you know, sometimes Lisa is really enthusiastic and has ideas and we temper mm-hmm. her. I mean, I think the three of us end up tempering one another actually, cause we're all pretty enthusiastic. But, well, see um, Mark and I never temper each other. Cause I came home yesterday. I saw Kate Hudson at a business event. Yeah. I saw that and you did that amazing. business chicks. That looked amazing. And you spoke. It looked amazing. No, I didn't. No, the, the girl who was, who runs it just happens to look like me, which is really weird. But I oh, came yeah, home. You were speaking at a different event. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've been doing lots of, spe- I always seem to do lots of speaking when I'm pregnant, which Perfect. is again, weird. Why not? Um, but I came home and I said to Mark last night, Oh, I've got this idea of a movie that I want to pitch to Amy Schumer. And he was like, yeah, cool. He should have gone like, no. <laughs> Except that like, don't you want your spouse to be your biggest supporter? Yes. And he no? is. And I love it. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's really sweet actually. Yes, don't it is. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it, 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 it overwhelm, yeah. but it is also sweet because wouldn't you hate to be with, like, married to somebody who is just like, no, no, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. I mean, that would suck. It would suck. And when my friends say that, that their, their husbands say, oh, I want to do this, but my husband says no. I said, you're a grown woman. Do what you want. And I do. And I've got a husband who supports me with it. And I think sometimes, just sometimes, it, we should just go, that's a great idea. Let's park that for like just a couple of months. So it's just like a little voice sometimes that needs to just go, that's awesome. It doesn't need to be now though. Right. That's a great mantra. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can write the screenplay for Amy Schumer, but that can be done in a year. And do you yeah. take, or, yeah. do you take, have you taken with your kids or do you plan to with this baby any maternity leave? I take pretend maternity leave. <laughs> what does that look like? It's to the outside world. It looks like I'm on maternity leave and it's a very good excuse to say no to things I don't want to do. Good. But behind the scenes, I'm still thinking about stuff. I'm like writing stuff. Yeah. So yeah, like, so it's pretend, but still, it still works for me because I don't, I can say no to a ton of stuff, but like I started writing like a new book as soon as George was born. Cause I was like, Oh, he's sleeping. Cause you forget that you need to sleep when they sleep. You're just like, Oh, I can do all the things. And because I don't cook or clean or anything like that in the house, I'm like, well, I can just start writing a new book. Amazing. So yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> so you, I actually, I do have some other friends who've written books on maternity leave. That definitely was not my experience with Penelope, but we'll see about this second baby. By the time this interview comes out, she'll be out. So, you know, I'll report back. <laughs> you shall see. <laughs> I think it's just like you get creative and it's a really exciting time. And I guess I just have to accept that that's kind of who I am. Like this time, again, I'm planning to not do any launches or anything, but I would have just had a new book come out like you. There's stuff that needs to happen when you have a new book come out. You know, opportunities come up. It's really hard to say no to sometimes to those things. I'm planning to read a lot of books for sure, but I have a feeling I'm going to start working on my next project yeah. pretty quickly, which well, may or may not be a screenplay for Amy Schumer. Oh my gosh. What's the book that you wrote during George's? Is that the book that's coming out then right before this baby comes? The one that you wrote during George's maternity leave? No, this is the third book. So Hay House are republishing my first two books, which were self-published this year. And then the third book, which is a brand new book is coming out 2019. So that's the one I started. And that's the one that I kind of sent to house and said, Hey, um, you know, we've spoken before, but I'm writing this new book. And that's when they decided to buy all three. That's awesome. Wow. That's great. Can you yeah. tell about what it's about or no? Oh, I totally can. So it's called Chillpreneur. And I love it. Yes, which I can't remember the title off the top of my head at the moment, but it's about doing things your way without stress and burnout, which is exactly the lesson I need to learn. So this is not like, oh, I figured it all out. It's like, let's figure this out together because there has to be a better way. 
it actually came about, you know, some people have got resting bitch face. I have resting chill face. People always think I'm really relaxed and I kind of am in lots of ways. Like nothing really phases me, but it's this kind of weird mix. And this is what Kate Hudson is as well. And I really noticed this. She's kind of like works hard and is ambitious, but she's also really like chill about it. And so it's a book about running your business your way without stress and like finding the path of least resistance, which I'm actually really good at doing. I know it sounds like I do a lot of things, but I'm super lazy. So I always try and find the shortcut of everything. So yeah, so that's what the book is about. Awesome. And then, but the ones that are coming out right after this interview, is it two books that are coming out at the same time or is it one? Yes, two. So the first one I self-published in 2011, I think. It's called Lucky Bitch. It's about manifesting. And it's about how Mark and I won this global travel competition to travel the world for six months, getting married, trying to break a Guinness World Record for how many places we could get married. Because, of course, we pitched that to the company. We're like, hey, if you choose us, we'll get married like a hundred times because we're idiots. (laughs) We made it to 87. And then I was like, if we get married one more time, we will literally get divorced. Like we have to stop here. We can't do this anymore. Which is incidentally the screenplay I want to pitch to Amy Schumer. This is I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be a fun book. Totally great. It's amazing. So that's the first book. And then the second book is called Get Rich Lucky Bitch, which is about releasing your money blocks. It's all about money stuff. And I actually changed my company recently to not be kind of lucky bitch yeah. related because it was like, oh, like I actually wrote a book called Get Hitched Lucky Bitch about manifesting your soulmate. And then I was like, this is just not where I had to refocus my business. I was like, we could go everywhere with this brand. Let's focus on money and yeah. mindset. So you can see how very easily I can get distracted. Have you ever done the Enneagram? I'm the entrepreneurial one. I can't remember which one. Is it seven? That's yeah. the crazy entrepreneur. That, You're totally yeah. a seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a high quick start, right? Yeah. I'm in Colby. I'm like a nine and Mark is quite low. So that can be tricky too. Cause I'll be like, let's do this. And I can see him mentally trying to like turn the Titanic around. And I'm like, I've made the decision. It's done. And he's like, wait. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've been married 87 times <laughs> to the yes. same person. To the, to the same, same person. person. Yeah. And I am someone who hates weddings. Like I did not even in, like, I wasn't even that into organizing our first one. I'm not one of those women who are like, oh, I wish I could do it again. I was like, that's great. I'm married now. Never have to think about weddings again. Do you have 87 marriage certificates? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, we do. Because, I mean, some of them were random, right? Because it was a competition. So some of them was like, oh, because anyone can marry you as a renewal. Yeah. Okay. You know, so like a manager of a hotel can renew, like a captain of a boat. So it was like, oh, we're staying at this hotel. Let's get the manager of the hotel to marry us in a spa full of seaweed. <laughs> That's like, awesome. I mean, you kind of had to come up with all these different things. Like we like got married on the Great Barrier Reef and then dived into the water, which was great because I'm terrified of the water. We got married like... Oh, like in a cryotherapy chamber, (laughs) just all these random places because it was a competition, you know, it was fun to to kind of do different things. 
so the competition that we won was six months, all expenses paid travel around the world to awesome. test out honeymoons for a honeymoon company. But we were the ones who pitched the, like, if you choose us, we'll get married everywhere. Like a great prize. It was a great prize. It got <laughs> us out of, I was really asking for something. And that's what the whole book is about is about, I'd set an intention. I wanted to go traveling. I had it on my dream board all this kind of stuff, you know, the competition came into our life and then we used every manifesting trick in the book to like win it. So the, what I was really asking the universe for was an idea. I was like, I want to change my life. I want to help people. I want to have, you know, I was looking for an idea for my business. So for me, it wasn't about the competition and the travel, which was fun. I was looking beyond that. And it was like, I've dined out on those stories for like, you know, seven years. I've written books about it. So I was just looking for something, you know, and it was weird for Mark because he was, he had his dream job at the time. He was working for the most successful soccer team in the world in marketing. And depending on who you follow with soccer, you might decide that someone else than it is. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is time for us to change our life. Like I'm done with living a small life. And so the opportunity for the competition was the catalyst for a lot of things for us. That's amazing. Well, that's awesome. It's such a great and It'll story. be a great movie, right? It'll be it a great, great movie. And congrats it'll be a fun on movie. republishing the book. How did, do you, do you mind telling how that came about with the going from a self-publishing to then a, like a, I guess you call Published. it a traditional publishing yeah. deal, or I don't know what you call it. Yes. So um, a, a couple of years house. ago, <laughs> yeah, publishing house, like yeah. a couple of years ago, Hay House approached me, one of the commissioning editors and said, look, I've read your book. I really like it. I'd love to pitch you to my boss. And so we did a bit of work around it and it just didn't pan out. Like they didn't, they weren't sure about the whole bitch thing, which I totally oh, yeah. appreciate, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we changed it. I was like, I'm not resonating with it as much either. I, I totally understand why, you know, Hay House would be like, oh, since then though, they had had a few, like they had the effort book yep. and, you know, the, a few other ones too. So I went away and I honestly built my platform with an eye to what would be really attractive to Hay House. Oh. And, you know, like they're not the, you know, the most famous publishers in the world, but in our industry, they do events, they do all these great things. And as you know, and Reed you know, Tracy like, is like super forward thinking about online marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was like, if I was going to, I'm fine with self-publishing, but if I was going to go with any traditional publisher, like that would be my number one. So I kind of went away and I was like, what would make this attractive to them in the future? So I built my platform, which as you know, they really big on lists and social media stuff. I re-edited the books to be a little bit less kind of sweary. They were a bit sweary. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wrote them, you know, seven years ago, I was in a different place yeah. anyway. So I re-edited them and I changed my website. So we were going away from the lucky bitch stuff. And that wasn't just for Hay House. We were starting to get a lot of problems, like getting Facebook ads approved. You know, it was just, it was a problem that was like, I'm not that attached to it considering how many problems this brand is bringing me right now. Yeah. So once all that was in place and I had the third book kind of in, you know, I, I hired a, someone to help me write a proposal. Then I went back to them and said, Hey, you know, we spoke couple of years ago, but I just want to let you know what's happened since then. Like here are the changes I've made. Here's my platform growth. And here is a proposal for the new book. Would you be interested straight away? They were like, yep, no problem. That's and cool. then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, Hey, do you want the first two books too? Because like we may as well redo them. You know, they've, I've, yeah. I've completely re 
like redone the content and they're expanded and you guys can just have them if you want. So they were really happy to take on all three. And when I was in the States, I got to meet Reed. I've met Leon here in Australia and I'm working with the UK team, which is really funny. So it's like this, so wonderful. Yeah. Just like a big global project. And I'm super happy because it just felt like the next evolution of what I needed to do in my business. I really got last year that I'm, I'm a one to many, many. And I think that's mm-hmm. maybe that's being an introvert as well. I'm like, I want my message to go out to as many people as possible, but actually I can't work with a lot of people very in depth. So books and speaking is actually a perfect business model for my personality. Yeah, it is. Hmm. And then your online programs, of course. Yes, exactly. So, so your, Can you just like tell me the roster of what you offer? Yes, sure. So I don't, for, I'm just like, what's, what's on the menu? Yeah. So I, I have a manifesting course, like that's um, like a couple of hundred dollars. And that's always been something I've never really promoted, but that's always something that's just sold. People have, you know, loved buying it. That's evergreen. Then 2012, I started a money boot camp, yeah. and this was just going to be a one-off program, you know, like live program, six weeks. And I started it after I did B school for the first time. So I was like, I need to run one of these like group program things. And I think I ran three live rounds of that in a row. And I was like, oh, live rounds are hard. Like launching is hard. Let's just turn this evergreen. So it's been evergreen for years now. Once or twice a year, we'll do a launch just to, you know, get excitement and get people in. But it's been an evergreen program for all that time. And then I launched a new program last year, which is Kendall Summerhawk's Sacred Money Archetypes, which I'm certified in teaching. And that won't be an evergreen program. We'll probably just run that once, once a year. And that's it. So I don't do any one-to-one coaching or, you know, I don't run a mastermind, even though there's a lot of demand for it in my audience. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my personality, but also the phase of life that I'm in. I don't have it to give. You know, I don't have that kind of care and attention that people want from a mastermind. So it's it's literally like, oh, you can buy my books or you can join one of my programs and that's it. Yeah. I love the simplicity of that. Yes. I love it too. And Willow calls it poop camp because she thinks it's so funny. <laughs> She's like, mommy, are you running a poop camp at the moment? I'm like, no. <laughs> so amazing. That's great. Oh my God. Kids are so good for keeping you humble. Yes. <laughs> our kids especially. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Now, are they home during the day? Or are they elsewhere? What's your logistical setup for mothering and entrepreneurship at the same time? It's all over the place. So we've had an in-home nanny since she was about four months old, which I think if people don't have nannies, it sounds like, oh, you never get to see your children. But it's like they're at home. You know, I would always breastfeed the kids until like, I don't know, over one. So it was just kind of like having a family member at, at home who would take them out for a walk if I needed to do a call or would be around like someone who's kind of feels like a part of the family. So we still have a nanny. She's four days a week. And then the kids go a little bit to daycare as well. So Willow goes three days a week. George goes two days a week. So the nanny only ever has one um, with her at home. So we, um, and by the time this new baby comes, like Willow will be going to school soon. So again, like we're going to, sort of mix it around so the nanny will only ever have one to deal with again. So it's kind of all flexible. And like then, you know, Mark might have a daddy-daughter lunch with Willow one day. It's really flexible and it feels really easy, but I had to get over a lot of mindset stuff around hiring a nanny in the first place. I was like, 
oh, that sounds weird. Like only rich, fancy people have nannies, you know, and just took a couple of friends to just go, no, it's just a normal thing. If you can afford it, you can do it. So I think there's been a lot of things like that, me and my parenting journey and logistics where I've gone, oh, I can't, am I allowed to have a housekeeper? Am I allowed to have like people cleaning my house? Yes, you can. And I'm really serious when I say I don't do any cooking, any cleaning, any laundry. Just, it doesn't pay me. I, amen. Yes. (laughs) So with you, we were interviewing nannies earlier this year. And um, I said to the one candidate who we did end up hiring, I was like, so basically, this is really not PC to say, but we're looking for a wife. Would you be interested? (laughs) Because I was like, I'm not doing the things that like a wife traditionally, and now I'm, this is like, I did not say so not feminist. So we're clear here. Mike did not say this. This was a hundred percent me. Like I just, I get no joy out of doing the things that like, you know, a 1950s housewife would do. And I am a hundred percent with you. I'm like, I don't get paid to do laundry. Why would I do laundry? This is not, you either have to love it or be getting paid and ideally both would be. Well, I I feel like people resist it because they go, but it's cathartic to do the laundry. And I'm like, what? You know what's cathartic? Like, I don't know, going and seeing your girlfriends or like going to a spa. Like, I get that some people love doing the laundry, but I also do want to say like, it's, if you've got a business, like the financials just don't work out. Like it's so much cheaper to save your energy for things that could make you money, create assets that could make you money in the future and not do those things, especially if you don't like them, which I just don't. And I laughingly call myself a 1950s dad because I kind of am like, I don't do any of the things. And I feel like my energy has to be preserved like a 1950s ad. Like I come home and I'm just like, okay, you know, well, the children have been cleaned and fed and now I shall relax. It's, I love it. yeah, not everyone likes hearing that stuff. I know, but it's true. But we all have to do it the way that about it. for us, right? So you talked a little bit about having a block and feeling like, is it okay to have a nanny? Like, is it okay to have help in my house? Is it, you know, so what are some of those specifically for female entrepreneurs? I mean, I see that one come up a lot, just like the needing help, but the feeling like you shouldn't need help. So then you just don't get help. What else do you see that's really common as blocks for female entrepreneurs around money? Well, there's this thing that you have to work really, really hard to make money. And I know you talk about this a lot and I'm so excited for your new book too, because I think it's just going to be right up my alley. But there's the way that we can earn money now is so against the grain of how our parents made money or anyone really made money even 10, 20 years ago. So it brings up all this guilt for women, you know, of like, why should it be easy for me? And why am I allowed to do something that I love and get paid for it? So I see then a lot of women sabotage that by not only not doing, you know, not getting help at home and all that kind of stuff, but also sabotaging it in their businesses. So it's like, well, it doesn't count unless I put blood, sweat and tears into this. So therefore I have to do it all myself. I'm not going to delegate. I'm not going to outsource. I'm going to procrastinate. So I have to pull all nighters so I can justify making this easy money. Um, And especially if you're in a family where maybe you are a bit of a black sheep, you're the only person who's had a business or even the only woman who has made money. And I know you've got a great example and role model in your own mother, but so many of us don't have that. We haven't seen, you know, this kind of entrepreneurial 
spirit that's been allowed to be expressed in our mums. So maybe some of them had to be entrepreneurs out of necessity, but not many of us have seen women being able to be creative for the sake of it and to run businesses because they love it. So it feels, it should feel amazing because this, we are the living embodiment of what our grandmothers wanted for women. Yet we feel like we can't accept it. We feel like we have to work really hard for it, even though that would really honor them. What a great point. Mm. Yeah. It feels like we're dishonoring them by making it so easy, but it's the other way around. Thank you for saying that. That's like, that's such a great reframe. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Wow. Well, okay. So, so you've got your books coming out. You also have right now this video series. Number one video is called Reclaim Your Money Power. And the next one is something about the things that female entrepreneurs need to know about money, which I can't remember the exact title, but it sounded really interesting. If Mark was on this call, he would know it exactly because I don't even remember it. I'm like, it's something, it's good. It's about money and reclaiming your power. It's something about money (laughs) and it's good. (laughs) Um, So for those of you who, I mean, I just, I really, I'm just really settling into that last point that we're dishonoring our grandmother. So I just want to say that if you're also settling into that and like want to know more, go over to katenorthup.com forward slash Denise so you can access those free videos. So before we dive into the videos, I just have a question regarding the business transition. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard anybody either talk what you just mentioned about like dishonoring the grandmother. It's pretty dope. Just because, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, it's like, reclaim you know it's just the way the common theme of how a lot of these topics are talked about now and yeah just thinking about like yeah it's pretty cool that you said so thanks for sharing what is the transition that you're so are you instead of the like lucky brand bit or lucky brand the lucky bitch (laughs) brand like instead of that brand now you're moving you're like shifting focus to just focusing on a money brand is that correct well, I'm just focusing on branding under my own name. Okay. You know, like the lucky bitch is still going to be around because obviously we've got two books coming out with with that in yeah. the title, but it's just not what we're leading with anymore. Yeah. And some of that is is purely logistical. Like in mid-launch one time, we had to like bleep bitch out of videos. We had to like blur it out of videos and take it off sales pages like mid-launch because Facebook suddenly really cracked down on it. But it was also things like it was really hard to get PR because a lot of newspapers don't like the word either. So for me, I was like, am I that attached to this brand? I mean, I'm always going to have the brand. I own the trademark for it as well in you know our field, but it's just not what I want to lead with. I don't want that to be the thing that people necessarily remember. So I, yeah, it was, it was just, it was a logistical thing, but it was a a changing tone, I think, and a changing energy because I felt a big shift in energy last year too, where I was like, I don't know, I couldn't really explain it, but it just felt a real shift for me of, of a shedding of a skin. It was perfect, I guess, because my business was like seven years old. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, it's time for a new shift in energy and space. And like just going to the, to the next kind of evolution of it, you know, whether it's a grown-up thing or not. Because a lot of people when I first started Lucky Bitch, they're like, you, you won't like this. It will feel really juvenile and I still really like it, but it just didn't feel like me anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, businesses, we like, you know, you, especially if you have a personal brand, they're going to evolve as you evolve. And I think 
you know, it's really scary for people to change their mm. branding because they think like, is my audience going to get confused? Are they going to forget about me? Will they not be able to find me? Did you have any fears around it or did it just feel? It right? felt big at the time, but straight after it felt right and easy and not that big a deal. And I found that there's a few things that's happened recently that are like that. And one of them was shifting the way I interacted in my Facebook group because I was in there 24 seven supporting people. And I felt again, like, Oh my God, how am I going to shift and change this? And now it's no big deal. I'm like, Oh, I set some new boundaries in there. No big deal. At the time I was like, Oh, how am I going to do this? I feel so bad, but I needed to make that shift again. And this was January this year to make space for what was coming next. And that's the same thing with lucky bitch. I needed to just create space for what the new thing was going to be, which was the new book, new baby. And all of my babies have brought a different energy, you know, and it's, it's like, I need to make space for that. Do you feel already what this, the energy that this baby is bringing forth? Or is it um, more like when they come out, you feel it? I'm not sure. Like Willow helped me actually step into the CEO role a little bit more in my business because before then I was doing everything myself, like everything. Whereas George, the energy he brought was a real desire for more richness in my life as opposed to money. Because mm. I was like, oh, I'm making all this money, but I don't feel rich in experiences. I'm just working too much. And this baby, what's so interesting is I have this desire for even more of that. So I'm like reading, even though we're building a beach house, I'm also reading magazines about country houses. So I'm like, Oh, having a country house and a fireplace and really like dreaming about getting a dog, you know? <laughs> and so I think it's like a more of a family, like, it's, again, it's richness, but it's like a deeper lesson than George. It's like building on the lesson of George of like more life and less work, which I know you love, but I was like oh, reading a yeah, I was reading a book, the uh, like a magazine the other day, and it was talking about this dog that someone rescued, and I was crying. My friends like, "You are so pregnant," and I was like, "Yes, I am," but it's a different energy. It's just a real desire for homeliness and kind of all the stuff that Sarah Jinks is going through with hers. Mm -hmm. I'm I always read through her Instagram feed, and I'm like, oh, it just looks so cozy and lovely. And I'm like, I need some more of that, some more joy and family togetherness. Beautiful, hmm. and so mode it be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sure I'm having a girl as well. By the oh, way, oh, congrats! That's great. Yes. So Ooh, it's but it's a different nice. energy. Yeah, it's a different energy than what our other kids have brought. So I'm excited. And you know what? If I always say, if this baby's a good sleeper, we'll go for number four. Because like, why not? But then we'd be done at four. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Go big or go and home. Then we'll pretty much like I'm. I just don't like being pregnant this time. So I'm like, yeah, we're not doing this again, but who knows? It's a tricky time. I think for <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, it's hard, right? Cause it's, this is the time where you, you know, for a lot of us, our businesses and you know, we're really hitting our stride, but then there's this biological clock yeah. thing. And it's, it's a really tricky time. I think for a lot of women of our generation of balancing babies and business and knowing what's the right timing for everything. It's true. I mean, I know we're talking about where, you know, us on this call is about, we have control over our financial situation, right? Cause we make our own money pretty much, you know, running our business. I just read a whole thing about the gender gap, et cetera, with the wage gap. 
with gender and how after women have babies, the gender division just gets so much bigger. Yeah. And like that's out there and men's, they don't have any issue with, you know, there's no whatsoever. It just keeps steadily growing. There's not a pause. Right. And so it's just there's so not. Yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it, it's a tough, yeah. or not tough, but it's, I mean, there's an issue with it for sure, but there's definitely an issue yeah. with it. But yeah, I mean, that's, if there's not another vote for entrepreneurship, other like, you know, the fact that we don't deal with the wage gap, it's like, we just earn what we earn. Nobody's giving us money because we're exactly. Yeah, we just and it. so one of my coaches, she said to me that there was a saying that's called, it's like babies are born with a loaf of bread under each arm. That's my kinesiologist, Jen Cudmore said that. So I translate that to babies bring abundance. Hmm. And that's, that's the mantra I always bring. And it's like, because I know that when you have less time, you have to be more creative yeah. about how you run your business. So means you have to be more efficient in lots of ways, but you have to not just efficiency for the sake of it either. You know, I've found that a lot of women, when they have babies, they start to go, how can I get more passive income in my business? How can I leverage my time? So I make the same, if not more with less effort. And so I've always just had that babies bring abundance, babies bring abundance. So I'm like, every baby has doubled our business. (laughs) That's so, so like, awesome. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, so much. let's see how this baby doubles our business and, you know, or if they do or not, whatever. But yeah, I think that's just the philosophy is it doesn't have to ruin everything because we're creating this new way of being. It is. It's a totally new paradigm. And I love, you know, being able to watch you and just like, you know, in the different Facebook groups we're in and on Instagram and like, be inspired by other women out there in the entrepreneurial space, like having babies and doing their business and not killing themselves. Right. Cause like it's, yes, you did share that maybe you guys did a little too much last year, but and you do have resting chill face. So I guess I wouldn't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, like you seem happy. So. Well, um, when I say to that, we were burning out, like we're still working as hard as we did in jobs nowhere near. It was just more than I would like to work. And because there's another way. And I know there's always, you know, there's always an easier path and I am dedicated to always finding that. I am super lazy and really ambitious at the same time. And those things, you know, really sit together and they don't fight, but it's always just trying to settle like, you know, how is that going to work together? Being wanting to do all the things, but also being super lazy. It's a good combo. Yeah, I you think so. Temper yourself. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. I could just talk to you all day. I wish we lived next door because I think we would hang out a lot. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and our husbands what? could Do we want to have us. Well, I did talk about the videos oh, okay. briefly. Right, but then we stop. <laughs> yeah, go <laughs> check them out, peeps. Just check yeah, them people, out. Yeah. yeah, go to katenorthup.com forward slash Denise if you want more of this conversation, if you want to learn about reclaiming your money power and all the things that female entrepreneurs should know about money. I think that's yes. and the second You know video. what, too? I hired a beautiful house to do these videos in, and the house is so pretty. Oh, I can't wait to see. <laughs> I, it's so pretty. And, like, it's one of those moments, you know, when you have all the hair and makeup and good lighting and a, someone to dress you and a stylist and all that kind of stuff. And it's so pretty, but it's also, like, you know, like you guys are seeing me today and I'm like in my yoga pants because I had my yoga teacher come around and I've got like a pregnancy rash all over my face. That's real too. And 
you know, you can, you can do both of those things, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It just happens that those videos are really pretty. Well, that's (laughs) worth seeing. It is. (laughs) So they're pretty and they're going to be inspiring. When are the book launch dates? That's a really great question. Okay. Yes. No, the, um, so the first book launching in March, so that would already be out. Yeah. That will already be out. Get Rich is being reissued in July. I think it's July 20 and then Chilpreneur is not coming out until March, 2019. So that's, that's pretty far away, but both of those books, you know, but pretty much by the time we talk, they'll be on Amazon and pre-order or order depending on what timeline we're on. Exactly. And we did Kindle paperback audio. Is Hay House changing the name of the cup, the names of the books? No, they're not. No, No. they're not. And I was, I was thinking about suggesting it, but yeah, we just went with what worked. We, so we, it's kind of new content and new covers and stuff like that. So they're, they're quite different if anyone's got the older version. And I do want to show you guys the early copy. I know people won't be able to see this, but I want to show you guys just so you can see and laugh. And you did just post it on your Instagram too. So, Oh, I did. People can go back. And you can see how many little notes I made because I wrote it and I got it out very quickly. And then I was like, there's a lot of spelling mistakes. (laughs) So the new version is probably like the third or fourth version of that, by the way. Very cool. So go self-publish. I think the last thing I just want to say is there's just no barrier to entry anymore to creating that life, you know, for you and your family. It takes a lot of courage for sure. And no one says it's going to be easy all the time, but they're really and no barriers to entry. Like when you think of when you guys got started, all the tools we have available to us now weren't around when we got started. No, it's really way easier. So much easier. And you just, you just have to have the courage and have the vision. And you know what? Your vision just has to be a teeny tiny bit bigger than your fear because it's going to be really scary in lots of ways. Surround yourself with amazing women that will help you and give you the armor you need to get through that fear because it's so worth it on the other side for you and your family to be able to support yourselves, have that independence and then create wealth. If you want to create wealth, you know, not everyone wants to, some people just, you know, we want to pay their bills and that's great, but all of that is available for you. You just have to have a slightly bigger vision than you fear. That's awesome. Mm. It's awesome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You're great. Well, thanks. I really enjoyed this interview so much. <laughs> so thank you. And so nice. Let's get Mark on next time. We'll have well. Mark on next sure. time. We'll talk. Thank you again. <laughs> You're the best. And congrats, thanks, on guys. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.